This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Tell a friend who's having pus out of their eyes, who doesn't realize he's got to go to a doctor. Will you tell a friend who has a broken limb that needs to go to the doctor, get a cancer? No, that's okay. You live your life the way you want to. You don't know, keep walking in it. It's your life, it's your leg. He said, Listen, go, go to the doctor, get a cast. You don't want to amputate, right? You take care of the pus in your eye, you know. Go see the doctor, you're going to lose your vision. You know, I say, well, that's what he wants to live that way alone. Don't, don't listen to him. You don't have to go to the doctor. It's going to give you a bill. Those of us whose friends are living in sin have a responsibility to let them know that they're sinning. Pastor Eddie tells us that we're not to judge people, but we're also not to carelessly let them sink without warning them of their sin. Though they may continue in what they do, we mustn't allow them to think that they're doing it with our blessing. It doesn't require an ending of friendship, but instead an understanding of your concern. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he concludes his message. going to be rude, but I'm not going to be politically correct, and some may take that as rude. Some take that as discrimination. Take it as you will, but I'm just going to teach the word. I'm not going to be uh, uh, politically correct. I'm going to be biblically correct, and we're going to look at it right here in Scripture. This is what's in the Word of God, and this is the reason why we study it verse by verse, looking at the very words that we're studying. So you know this is not what I think, this is not what you think. This is not what politicians think. This is not what the President of the United States thinks. This is not what the whole world thinks. But this is exactly what God thinks. Verse 24. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Vile in the Greek is atomia, which is dishonorable, disgraceful, shameful. And so it is vile passion. So it is a a shameful passion, disgraceful passion. The word passion in the Greek is pathos. So it is shameful passion, disgraceful passion. It says, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the errors which was due. In verse 24, we look at heterosexuals, heterosexual, uh, heterosexual sin, that is, heterosexual sin, that is sex outside of marriage. It's against God. But it's not against nature. We see nature mentioned here twice in 26 to 27. The human body has been designed and created by God. For man to have sexual relationship with a woman and a woman to have sexual relationship with a man, that's the way it's been designed. So heterosexual sin, sin against God. Homosexuality 
is not only sin against God, but it's sin against nature. It's against everything in nature. It's against the design of the body. It's not the way God designed it. And people will say, well, you know, well, they love each other. Not everything you love is good for you. In every sense of the word. Trust me, I love cheeseburgers. I can't have too much of that. But not everything you love is good for you. And you yourselves would probably know that even we see that in a heterosexual couple where you know people, they sh- why are they together? It's not going to work. Not that we want to speak negative. You know, if they love that, you know, you leave it alone. But we see, wait a minute. Yeah, man, for each other. They, yeah, I knew it. They broke up. And people say, well, they love each other. Not everything love is good for you. Where do we draw the line? When we go against God, it doesn't stop there because you have in-laws. You have family, marrying family, have a relationship with family. You have, and it's sad to say, it's not in the news as much, but you've probably seen it where they're parents with their children, children with their parents, brothers and sisters. Where does it stop? It wasn't designed that way. That's not the way God designed it. It's a sin. It's vile passion. Leviticus 18, verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. This is Old Testament. Now, Paul is writing. Remember, he's writing to several groups in God's courtroom. Uh, he did, this here, this is something that he's not going to mention with the, the Jews when he gets to the Jews, the people of the covenant. Remember, there's going to be several people in the witness stand. The reason why, because they already know this law. The children of the covenant, they already knew this law. Paul writes to the church of Corinth. Now, there's many, but I'm not going to stay too long here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? But I love what he says here. He says, do not be deceived. Many have in the church. Many have watered down the scriptures of God just to tickle the ears of the people, just to be friends with the world, and just to, uh, you know, be politically correct. You as believers in Jesus Christ, so we're going to get to those that don't practice those things, but in the, think, think there's nothing wrong. We're going to get to you in a little bit. Do you not know that the righteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkard, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. It is included in sin. Now, the original text, I don't know what translation you have in your laps this morning, but in the original text, the words men and women, uh, it does not use men and women. In the original text, is used male and female. And why is that? Because God doesn't use human terminology when he's describing the sin of homosexuality. He's using it male or female because he sees it as unnatural. It was not the way he designed and created us. It's not the way. Every animal in the animal kingdom remains the same when it comes to sexual relationships. Every animal in the animal kingdom, when it comes to birth, they give birth to their chicks, to their pups, 
But we as a people, we destroy our children in abortion. This is what, how man has come to because they wanted to be like God, where they could live their life the way they want to, and God gave them up. God gave them up. However, man has gone against God, against nature, in their lusts for one another. Now, God in his word does not, this is very important for the church today, because the church today I personally don't believe that has not done a great job in sharing the gospel alone, regardless of what the person's lifestyle and who the person is. But we have not done a great job in ministering and sharing the gospel to everyone, including the homosexual community. That's the first thing we want to target. We want to clean the fish before catching them. And it's sad. God in his word does not describe homosexuality as the greater sin above all other sins. There's nowhere in scripture in that. You cannot find that in scripture. Somehow, people are, uh, are bothered by it to the point where they want to bring condemnation. And the church is wrong in that. I had people come to me. You know, we have so many outreaches in our community when something takes place and when they're having a, a parade or something, hey, what are we going to do? <laughs> Go home and, and, and you, know, you know, grill a burger. What do you mean we're going to do? We're going to live our lives normal. We're not going to tally up and create a crusade to go and go against their parade. We're not for it. But what happened to all the 364 days of the year? What are you doing? You want to do it when they're all together? <laughs> Live your life. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. All sins, lying, stealing, adultery, covetousness, all sins against God. Homosexuality is just one of the many. But here's the good news. The good news is this. God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, and his forgiveness is just as available to the homosexual, the heterosexual, as it is for all of us, every man and woman who are in sin or has been in sin is available forgiveness. I had a co-worker who once told me, uh, you know, you know the Bible, you go to church, right? I said, yeah. Uh, he says, well, homosexuality is this. Is it a sin? And that was the first question. And I said, yes. Just like when a man commits adultery against his wife and has an affair. What's the difference? Little did I know later on that he was having an affair. What's the difference? There is no difference over a woman has an affair with another man against her husband. There's no difference. We're all going to stand before God. And somehow, you know, the flavor of the month or the century, we want to harpoon on it and start bringing condemnation instead of the love of Christ. And that's what the church should do is bring the love of Christ. Remember, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. And God also promises the strength for victory over all sins to all those who believe in Christ for their salvation. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Debased mind, the deprived mind. Remember, Paul is talking to the deprived Gentile, deprived society. 
And that is, what is a debased mind? That is spiritually, is one to be spiritually insane. Not in a good sense. God abandoned them in their foolish thinking. The one that said, there is no God. And because there is no God, everything that is an abomination to God, against God, it's okay with me because I don't believe in the God. That's your God. That is for you to live your life according to his commandments, according to his rules and regulations, or to live to not sin against him. And so God abandoned them in their foolish thinking and gave them up. He gave them up to do the things that should never have been done. Remember, we're in God's courtroom, and Paul is speaking to the deprived Gentiles, and he's on the witness stand, and he's going to bring out all the evidence that he has on the Gentile. And here's the evidence. The evidence in the next couple of verses, he's going to bring a list, 24 in all, a list of all these things that he's guilty of. Your Honor, Evidence are listed here. And he said, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Here it is, Your Honor. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. This is what they are guilty of, Your Honor. To prove that all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. The evidence is exhibit A through G or Z and is there before the Lord. And this list of sins, we see this every day all around us in our lives. Sometimes it just passes over us. We can't really tell because we're so immune to it, whether we agree with it or not, or because we see so much of it. For a perfect example, you get so immune to certain things. And I got to give this by a, a way of, you know, giving you an example you know, I started in law enforcement, you know, my rookie year. You know, rookies always did the bad jobs. And it wasn't only a foot post at 3 o'clock in the morning in the cold, cold weather. It was actually, okay, we have a dead body. Okay, send Panero. The first dead body I had to watch over. And from there on, I had to, you know, just be in, in many crime scenes where things weren't, you know, humans are not accustomed to seeing but because I was a believer before, and I know that all this is darkness, I handle it different. But there are some that they'll have a sandwich right next to a body. Because they're so accustomed, their mind becomes callous. And that's what happens. So we see all these sins around us. We read it in the morning paper. We see it on TV in the news. We hear it in the radio. And it is the consequence of man trying to rule God out of his life. That is the result of it. We become so immune to these things. It is not a problem to us. And this is why, you know, when you come to know the Lord and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, something happens. Not only do you have a peace in your heart and in your mind, a peace that surpasses all understanding, 
But you're able to have the Holy Spirit to bring this out and say, you know what? You remember you used to see this uh, kind of sin years ago? And remember you used to do them? You're doing them no more. Because I've stripped that out of you. Little by little, God is, the Holy Spirit just stripping these things out of us. Not only that, he may not only strip it out of us, but when we see it, we're able to acknowledge it as sin. Before, we never really thought of it as sin. That's what happens when a man refuses God and has a debased mind. There is no concept of what is sin. There is no dividing what is right, what is wrong. We become so accustomed to it. That is why it's important for us as believers to separate ourselves from the things of the world. Do not love the things of the world. That's why it's important for us to be careful. What do we watch on TV? What movies we go to? What kind of conversations we have with our coworkers? Because we need to be separated from these things. And so he lists these things and he says in verse 32, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, and God's judgment is righteous, meaning it is fair. No one could ever say that God was unfair when he judged me. God doesn't need 12 people in the juror and one to stand by. He doesn't need no one because when God judges, it's righteously. Knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve those who practice them. This is the one I was telling you about. This is the person that I was telling you about that says, well, I don't do those things, but I don't think it's wrong. You're just as guilty. Because that shouldn't be your view. That shouldn't be your thought. That shouldn't be your heart. And people always think that, oh, well, I don't do it, so I'm good, but I don't think it's anything wrong. Who are you to judge? Well, I'm not judging. There's two judgments that I love when people say, who are you to judge? You bring them scriptures and why, who are you to judge? Okay, you, it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card from you know, Monopoly. Who are you to judge? And they give it to you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the Bible talks about righteous judgment and a judgment unto condemnation. Jesus says, do not judge. So take that big telephone out, pole out of your eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. That's judgment to combination. Judging someone, say, you know what? You sin, and because of that sin, you're going into eternal damnation. That's a judgment. Christ, it's not our place to put anyone into hell. So it's not our place to judge anyone to condemnation. That's God's job. But you say you shall know them by their fruit. How would you know someone by their fruit if you can't make a judgment based on fruit? That's why Jesus says make righteous judgment. So we know these sins. And if you know it's a sin, pray for them. Don't encourage them on. Don't send them, tell them that they have the liberty to do and live the life that they want to. No, we need to call it for what it is, sin. And here Paul is saying that, you know, you may not commit or practice these sins that are listed here or any of these sins against God. However, if in your mind you think that there's nothing wrong and you approve of it, you're just as guilty. Why? Friends, sin brings death. Would you tell a friend who's having pus out of their eyes, who doesn't realize he's got to go to a doctor? Would you tell a friend who has a broken limb that needs to go to the doctor, get a cancer? No, that's okay. You live your life the way you want to. You don't know, keep walking in it. It's your life, it's your leg. You say, listen, go, 
Go to the doctor, get a cast. You don't want to amputate, right? Take care of the pus in your eye, you know. Go see the doctor. You're going to lose your vision. You know, say, well, that's what, he wants to live that way. Leave him alone. Don't, don't listen to him. You don't have to go to the doctor. He's going to give you a bill. It's, it's good. You know, the same way we care for someone physically, will we not think, you know what, I think there's something wrong with you. Okay? And so the same way with sin, in the spiritual sense, Sin kills, it brings death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, is that for he who sows in the flesh would also of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit of the spirit reaps everlasting life. We're coming to a close. I've heard this before, and it just was worth me searching and trying to get it. And I don't know who said this or quoted, but it said, sin isn't bad because it is forbidden. It is forbidden because it is bad. Sin isn't bad because it is forbidden. It is forbidden because it is bad. And that sin separates us from God, separates us from his love, separates us from his eternal plan for us. God loves you. God loves us. His son, Jesus Christ, loves us. He went on the cross for us. And he loves us to save us from destruction. He doesn't want to leave us. He doesn't want to abandon us. Even Pharaoh when the Lord said, let my people go, it took 10 plagues for God to finally judge him. God is merciful and long-suffering. These are sins that are going to destroy us. These are sins that are going to give us sickness, spiritually and physically. And so the more we seek God and just separate ourselves from these things, the more we get close to him and the more we see these things, and these are sins, and we won't agree with it. And if we see anyone in these practicing such sins, first we need to make sure we're not practicing it, right? We want to encourage them and love them and say, you know, God loves you. You know, don't, don't bring out this sin in their face. You know, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Just share the love of Jesus Christ. If it's a brother, sister in Christ, just encourage them. And so this is the heart that the Christian should have. And so Paul, he just finished dealing with the deprived Gentile. He's going to talk a little bit more about those who are moralists in our next study. And then he's going to deal with the people of the covenant. So the first person at the witness stand here in God's courtroom is those that are deprived, the deprived mind. And because we, we push God out, this is the result. God has given us up to the very sin they practice. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
This incredible truth applies to us even today. We didn't do anything to warrant God's acceptance and love of us. He saw us while we were still sinners and loved us despite that. Would you like to know more about what that means for you? Please give us a call at 570-296-7367. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church family you can be a part of. The believers you'll encounter there will help you grow in your faith and offer you support in every situation. If you are in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area, We'd love to have you come join us here in person at Calvary Chapel of Milford. For service times and more information, visit runningtheraceradio.com. If you'd like to listen to more messages from Running the Race, Tracy has more information on how. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for the continuing verse-by-verse study of Romans with Pastor Eddie Pinero right here on Running the Race. 